This is Voices of Research. I am Mikael Tristadius, and you are listening to Radio Moreni. Welcome, Simon Lohan, to this little interview we have. First of all, I'd like to ask a few basic questions. Where are you from and how long have you been in Finland? I was born in Romania and I arrived first time in Finland in 98, so more than 20 years ago. I was born in 96, so that would be <laughs> 21 years ago. Soon 22. <laughs> well, how did you become a researcher? Was it always your plan to become one or did you just somehow end up in doing research? Mm, a little bit of both. I mean, I've always liked this kind of um, math, physics, chemistry, the topics that are measurable, <laughs> let's say more than those on social sciences. But then it was also, I don't know, the fate. So when I choose the university, I, I chose this telecommunication field. And then I was lucky to get a grant in uh, France. I did uh, two years uh, study in France, and at that point it was a mixture between economics and telecommunication, what they call econometrics. And uh, I was uh, at that point having to choose the path if I go more towards the economics or towards the telecommunications. And then uh, I heard from some colleagues who are already studying in Finland in Tampere University about the environment in here. So then I applied and I got a grant, a PhD grant in here. So uh, the topic was telecommunications, wireless communications. It was uh, finally the decision taken. And uh, after the PhD, I continued in this uh, wireless communication field. My parents are both, uh, let's say, researchers or in this kind of research field. So definitely I had uh, this engineering background in the family and I was attracted. But I cannot say that as a young child I was I was thinking that okay I will be a researcher <laughs> I, I I kept the options uh, open and it was combination of, of fate and the topics that that really interested me so they, they were not that kind of role models that you would always look after I want to be exactly like them definitely they were role models uh, but they also encouraged me to choose my own path i mean they weren't pushing me towards engineering they were open-minded and they said okay i like literature i go in literature i like economics i can go <laughs> towards economics so from this point of view it was very nice because they were encouraging me to find my own path and as a combination of let's say this uh, uh, grants and fate and uh, topics of, of interest i uh, arrived in this wireless communication field and I'm very happy because I feel it's it's really what I like to do and it, it suits me well. So why Finland and why Tampere University except of course the opportunity came was there something else that uh, why Finland I, exactly? I liked to travel so as a student I was looking for this kind of uh, grants abroad and as I mentioned first I got this uh, grant in France And then the path in there would have been more towards economics if to continue with a PhD. And then I had some colleagues from uh, from my university um, classroom or group that already got a grant in Finland. And then they were praising and talking very nicely about Finland, about Tampere University. 
And I felt that this kind of telecommunications and signal processing topics are maybe closer to my heart than economics. And I applied and I, I got lucky to get a, a position. Your research is in wireless positioning and communications. Yes. But what does that mean exactly? Yes, <laughs> good question. <laughs> Sometimes it's very hard to translate what this algorithm really means. So what we do, yeah, we are investigating, let's say, ways to ensure that our wireless devices like mobile phone or wearable smartwatches are able to provide quality outputs to the users. And these quality outputs nowadays mean that it's usually good to know how the users are moving, where they are located in such a way that uh, users can get better location-based services. They can get, for example, some um, health recommendations, like you have been sitting too long in one place or you, you haven't had the correct activity in a while. Positioning is also essential in all these uh, transportation issues. At the moment, for example, um, aviation or aircraft are not relying much on um, satellite positioning. They have their own types of uh, positioning methods, but then there is big challenge in the aviation and a lot of new things to come relying on modernized approaches such as uh, providing uh, accurate and interference-free or interference-robust solutions to navigate to ensure people going safely from one place to another. Also in industrial environments, knowing where the different nodes and different tools and machinery are, it's essential in order to maintain things properly and with a low amount of workforce, let's say lowering the cost, but at the same time, increasing the safety and offering these automated solutions. So in a way, this kind of positioning uh, and location-based communications are backbones for future solutions in everything relying on, on wireless signals and wireless communications. And you can think of any interconnected devices, starting from these laptops and mobile phones to wearables and uh, smart fridge and other smart devices in the house. And what we do, we build so we, we don't have, in a way, this fancy user interface to offer you the final product, but we are building the signal processing or the algorithmic part to enable those localizations and communications to work in order to cover the full gap, of course, towards the, the final user. There are additional steps involving the actual hardware and this kind of protocol design. For us, we work at this kind of design of the algorithm, design how signals should behave or should be constructed to achieve the required goals. And we think about these required goals in terms of performance metrics, accuracy, safety, reliability, robustness to interference, privacy, and so on. What are you working on at the moment? I'm involved in several projects. One of the biggest is project on wearable computing. Uh, it's an European project. I am a coordinator of it. It's called AWARE and it's an European joint doctorate. 
So we have five universities in five European countries. And then we have also 12 companies in the same five European countries, Finland, Spain, Italy, Romania, and Czech Republic. And we are training 15 PhD students in this kind of multicultural cross-disciplinary environment to prepare them for, uh, let's say, future workforce in the field of wearable computing, how wearables can be used to increase the safety and well-being of people, how wearables can be designed in a more private and more secure manner, and how, in general, this kind of Internet of Things can support more functionalities and can serve people better. And this is one direction, this wearable computing. Then I'm also involved in two ESA projects. ESA is European Space Agency, and they are more related with uh, satellite navigation. So currently, outdoor people are relying on the satellite navigation. GPS is one example of uh, satellite navigation solution. But then more and more interferences are affecting this satellite navigation. There is jamming, uh, increasing situations of jamming, uh, spoofing like fake GPS transmitters. And then we are looking for solutions to counterbalance or mitigate these interferences. And one of the projects is how to be able to identify which are the fake transmitters and which are the authentic transmitters. And another project is dealing with what will happen if we will use other satellites, not only those on medium Earth orbit, like GPS, but also this kind of low Earth orbit satellites, for example, Amazon Kuiper or this Starlink Leo satellite that are nowadays launching on the sky, because in the future we'll have tens of thousands of Leo satellites on the sky. And they are basically offering, able to offer global coverage, covering all points on the Earth. Hopefully, they will also offer better localization indoor, because now one of the big challenges in uh, classical GPS, if, if you go indoor, if you try to go, for example, in Hervanta, in the university building and open your GPS engine, you will probably won't get any reasonable solution where you are. So we are looking at methods how to complement, how to offer alternate solutions in the future, making use of the future infrastructure, such as this LEO satellite. And then we have yet another project focusing on automated vehicles, automated and autonomous vehicles, how to use the 5G signals, 5G cellular signals, and what's coming beyond 5G. We already talk about the 6G signals. Already. Yes, already. Uh, they, they are putting already the basis of uh, 6G. How to use those signals to offer simultaneously positioning functions, communication functions, and sensing or radar-like function. And when we talk about radar, we don't talk about, I don't know, finding if the car is speeding too much. It's more like mapping the environment. So you are sensing the objects around you, and then you can figure out where you are, if you are indoor, outdoor, what kind of objects there are nearby, and then all the functionalities of the network will be easier this way if you have awareness of the environment uh, surrounding you. And last project I'm now just starting and involved in 
it's related to aviation, again, better solutions for aviation in small airports in order to decrease the cost, everything that, let's say, requires manual operators. We would also need in the airport areas more automated solutions. And again, in that project, we are looking at 5G signals and this kind of uh, fancy antenna, they are called 3D vector antennas, in order to be able to offer positioning, communication and sensing for autonomous tasks to reduce the costs, increase the safety, and again, being able to detect in real time obstacles and take fast decisions. So I'm involved in, in, in many interesting <laughs> projects right now. Yeah. That's a lot of projects. How, how do you manage to keep up with all of them at the same time? I have good PhD students. <laughs> we have a, a nice team of PhD students, one postdoc and uh, how many? I think seven or eight PhD students right now. So usually each student is addressing some parts in, the, in a certain project. And then all these projects that I mentioned, they are collaborative work. So I'm working in a consortia, either collaborating with Finnish units and other universities or with units abroad. So it's always collaborative work. Each of us is building our own part. And then we try to offer this final product or final solutions to improve things. Just to backtrack a little bit, mm-hmm. when we are talking about wearables, we're talking yeah. about like smart watches and such, right? Smart watches, smart necklaces, smart rings. In a broad sense, even the mobile devices can be seen wearables if you are carrying them with you. So yeah, it's everything that it's carried on the human body or even inside the human body. And most traditionally, they had application in health domain. So measuring, for example, your physical activity or some uh, physiological parameters, heart rate, uh, temperature, body temperature, and so on. But now they start to be more and more even, I don't know, having standalone operations, uh, reading your messages on on the wearables or using this kind of VR glasses, augmented reality glasses, to have some gaming in real time. So they start to have more applications and more interest worldwide. And then, of course, they usually have to operate on battery, this kind of, I don't know, long battery, even 10-year battery if possible. And this puts additional challenges because your mobile, you charge it every day, but then you would prefer that the smartwatch, you just charge it once a week or even once every second, third week. So there is a trade of how much you can do with it, but still preserving the energy consumption, lowering the energy consumption. Mm. I guess you could just leave the reading messages just for the smartphone, because that's <laughs> what it is for. Yes. When we are talking about wearables, we are not talking about smart clothes yet. We don't design them, but... What I mean, not, not the actual um, smart clothes. I've seen in Alto University, for example, there are units who are designing those smart clothing and suing them to have certain properties. For us, we look more at the models. For example, what would be the transmitter model? What would be the channel model? What would be the receiver model? So for us, it's an abstract. It doesn't matter if it's a smart clothes or a smart watch. It's more like an abstract device that is transmitting according to some parameters. And our task is to model those parameters and understand the behavior and also how human body would affect on the performance. 
Generally speaking, what kind of a future do you see for your work? Are you the pioneers of a growing field of research? I see a lot of potential in these wireless solutions. We have to learn continuously. It's not that the field remains fixed. I mean, I started with third generation cellular phones as the research and it continuously evolved. Now we are also learning more and more about machine learning, artificial intelligence. So I see also a lot of convergence between fields that traditionally they were very distinct. What we had before is classical aviation. Now there are elements, ingredients of this machine learning and artificial intelligence everywhere. So there is a lot of potential, but also we have to be flexible and uh, changeable and trying to yeah, find new solutions, maybe opening new path. It's hard to say that, for example, Leo will be the next big thing. It can be, it has potential, but it will depend on a lot of uh, factors. So our task is indeed to try to be one step ahead in terms of algorithm and try to understand what's feasible, what's possible, what would decrease the energy consumption and offer this kind of better solutions for the people. All right. Thank you for this interview, Simona, Lohan, and Merry Christmas, I guess. Many thanks, many thanks, and Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas to you too.